Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I am the aforementioned host, and I'm excited to welcome as my guest today, Glenda Lane. Glenda teaches high-achieving women who are struggling with doing it all that there is another way with more ease and spaciousness that doesn't cost their health and well-being. She has combined 32 years as a physical therapist and 12 years as an energetics coach, merging science and spirituality to help women tap into their innate body wisdom, remember who they really are, and make choices that are aligned with their true nature. This assists women to shift their operating systems and embody the codes of flourishing. Welcome, Glenda Lane, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Mm, thanks so much, Brad, for having me. Pleasure to be here. So my first question is, in the intro, you used a phrase there called spaciousness. So what mm -hmm. exactly do you mean by spaciousness? Well, a lot of uh, the women that I work with, when you know, when they're high achieving, they're on the go constantly. There's like, you know, one thing after the next, after the next, and there's no um, space to even breathe sometimes. Uh, there's no space in order to um, relax and to even just check in with themselves in terms of how they're doing. And so, um, you know, a lot of times there's this idea that if we build in space or if we build in breaks, then we're not going to be um, as productive, right? And we're not going to be churning, you know, uh doing all the things that we want or, or that we believe we need to do when in fact actually building in some spaciousness into your into your days actually allows you to be more efficient and more effective um, because you're really um tuning into yourself giving yourself what you need in order to be the best version of you and that translates over into anything that you then do in life all right. Well, I want to expand on that in a little bit because we want to approach it from the perspective of a an aspiring public speaker and how they might put spaciousness into their day. Yeah. But before we do, I want to dive a little bit more into your background, Glenda, because we, we've known each other for a couple of years now through various things. But yeah. I don't really know that much about you. Now, you were a physical therapist for a long time. I mm -hmm. gotta tell you, I, I have some familiarity with that world because my wife was a physical therapist assistant for 40 years oh awesome so she, she was you know when COVID hit she retired because she was doing in-home physical therapy for the visiting nurses but 
that, right. that's another story for another day. So I like mm -hmm. to, I know somewhat of that world or whatever. Yeah. But you've been involved in physical therapy. You've been in an energetics coach. What was the impetus for the transition from one career field to the next? Well, I'll I'll say too that I actually still am practicing physical therapy, uh -huh. and it it's it's one of these uh, I've been in and out of the profession probably five or six times, Brett. Like it's really it's really bizarre to me how many times I've kind of taken and and just gone the route of being an energetics coach. Um, but I, I'm back into it, and the reason why um, this time that I'm I'm back into it is I kind of I mean. I got the call, so to speak, was and and just in my own meditation practice of um, Glenda, it's time to come back into the world of physical therapy as as a physical therapist, and also bring all that you've learned from uh, the world of energetics into what you do as well. Um, at, you know, working with people and their physical bodies, and really treating people as a whole being, um, body, you know, body, mind, spirit. And so bringing some of that back, it's like, let's change the way that we're doing physical therapy. And so I really heeded that call and I came back into it in, in February. But what what led me into the world of energetics in the first place um, was really, I think, honestly, the catalyst for that was um, when, about 20 years ago, uh, my mom was diagnosed with um, uh, terminal pancreatic cancer. And so um, I went home, I, I live in Western Canada, I went home to Eastern Canada to be with her and to help take care of her uh, in those last three months. And after she passed, it really was, um, it was just such a big shift for me. I mean, she was my best friend. And it was like the first time in my life that I would, had really experienced um, grief in that way. And, um, you know, you, you hear that grief you know, can break someone's heart. Well, for me, it broke my heart open. And it led me down this path when I came back to uh, my home in Edmonton. I went to, uh, I was flipping through a magazine that has all these different courses and workshops that you can take in the city. And one of them really caught my eye. It was a half day workshop on how to bend spoons with energy. And I was like, I was like, what is that? And um, never before kind of, you know, I, I, I don't have a religious background. I don't really have a spiritual background. I hadn't really gone into that world at all. But I, long story short, I went to this workshop being held by um, a psychic intuitive and I trained with her for two years in, in learning how to basically do, um, you know, the work that she does for my own personal self. It was my own personal journey because I wanted to feel like I was still connected to my mom. And so I never thought in a million years that I would ever do uh, the work that I do now um, with my clients, but it set me on a path of, um, I took a year long coaching program in energetics, learning how to read energy, move energy blocks and become a coach in that, in that realm. And then that led to another year long program called magic school, which is like a, a mystery school, which you go even deeper. And then another year long program um, that uh, called flight school with the wide awakening and uh, that uh, you learn how to go direct with consciousness. So it really was my, the, you know, my mom passing really was the beginning of my spiritual journey and opening the world uh, to the world of energy. So I think that that was where um, 
I guess the road diverted a little bit for me, but I was still practicing as a physio. So in, in maybe it's more that it expanded versus diverted. And, and now, you know, I, I can wear two hats and also not separate them out. Like, I, you know, the physio in me isn't going to go away. <laughs> the energetics coach in me isn't going to go away in whatever I do. So there's a lot of overlap now between so both. Are you, are you a master spoon bender then, Glenda? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I haven't tried it in a really long time i did i did end up doing it um when during i didn't i don't think i did it during the workshop but certainly later on in training with her i remember it was like literally it was like rubber it felt like that anyway when i did it so um but it's been a while i would have to try it again i'm not sure where i'm at with it now all right so let's talk about speaking and how it's played a role in in your businesses now so yeah did you do speaking as part of your physical therapy practice in some way, first of all? And then how have you utilized it in your energetics work? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll even take you like further back into into my childhood. Um, I've I've always loved being on a stage and I know that that can put a lot of fear in the hearts of for a lot of people of even thinking about that. But I danced, I did ballet from the age of two to 14. And um, I just loved it. I loved being on the stage. And, um, and then that led, I think it was uh, junior high for us, which for me started in grade six, is when we started to have to write and give our own speeches in class. And then, um, uh, then we would do it in front of the whole school. And it was, it was like this, you know, became a competition. You, if you won, then you got selected to then kind of compete there was another school in town as well you'd go to the the legion was where our, our public speaking contests were held um and so i'd go there and then if you won from there then you'd go on to kind of the next regional um, competition and so i did that i did that all through um, my schooling um i was also valedictorian both at junior high and um and uh, high school and I think it just put me in really good stead because it, you know, and don't get me wrong, it's not like I never get nervous before I speak, I, I still do, but I think knowing that I can do it, you know, knowing that, and I think that's what helps me when I get on stage is, it's like, I know I could do it um, because I have the experience of it. And so I think that that has really um, helped me in, in my career. And certainly as a physical therapist, it's not so much that you're like on a stage speaking, but you are, you're leading the conversation with every client that comes in and being able to connect with them is super, super important and build trust. And so I feel like that has really held me um, uh, in good stead in, in terms of my physical therapy career. And then in the energetics coaching uh, realm, I think, you know, the same thing I'm giving, um, you know, I'm leading classes, I'm, I'm coaching programs, I'm speaking uh, on stages, on podcasts, on, you know, and it's something that I actually love doing. And I know that that for a lot of people, it can be a little um, challenging, right, because they're not comfortable doing it. But I think for me, I mean, I just love having conversations, I think, and especially in the form of like an interview process and, and you know, us having a conversation versus it, me just giving a speech like I did in the good old days, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, it's not so much my jam anymore, but I think it's, um, it's just a way, you know, speaking, 
allows you to um, obviously share your knowledge and your wisdom and, and, and teachings. Um, also, it's just an amazing way to, um, to connect, you know, I never think that I'm like speaking to someone, I feel like I'm speaking with them. And so that always, um, and even when I'm writing, you know, if I'm writing something, if I'm, if I'm writing a social media post, if I'm writing a, a blog, if I'm writing an email, um, I always have that in mind of, yeah, I'm speaking with someone, this is a conversation. And so um, speaking is a way that you also can get in front of and meet um, and connect with so many more people than if you didn't speak at all. So it's a way to become visible. Um, but also, I think for people to get to know you, it's like, who is this person? And let me hear what she has to say. And is it resonating? Is it not resonating? Do, do I feel a good energy coming off of her? Is it something I'm resonant with or not? Um, I think it's just, it's really important. And I can't imagine not uh, doing any form of speaking in my business. So you talk about the importance of connection. So whether it be with a patient or whether it be with an audience, what are yeah. maybe a couple of your best tips for truly establishing that connection with whoever it is you're talking with? Yeah, well, you know, it's um, for me to connect with someone means that I first need to be in connection with myself. And so what I mean by that is being really present and really um, my first check-in is always with my breath. The, my, how I'm breathing tells me the state of my nervous system. So if I'm breathing, breathing rapid and shallow, I know that I'm not, you know, I'm in fight or flight, typically, um, the fear response or the stress response. Whereas if, if, my, if my breaths are deep and slower and just how you feel in your body, um, then I know that I'm in a more relaxed state. And so for me, that's the state I want to be in when I'm when I'm speaking with someone. So the breath is always the first step. And if I do notice I'm a little bit dysregulated and I'm and I'm, you know, breathing quickly or, or shallow, I'll just take a few moments um, to just not necessarily take huge deep breaths initially, but just to start to deepen my breath gradually and breathe right down into my stomach and really allow um, myself to um, feel it sounds so weird but feel my breath to really be present to how it feels when when the air comes in as i breathe in and as the air goes out so that's something that i that i do a second thing is presence and so for me presence has has a few meanings one is that i'm present in my body in other words i'm not just up in my thinking mind but i'm in connection with you know, using the five senses as an example, you know, what am I seeing in this moment? What am I hearing? What am I smelling? What am I tasting? What am I feeling? And that brings me present in my body. Um, and then also um, being in the present moment is really important too. You know, I don't wanna be like thinking about something off in the future or I'm still stuck in the past of what I've just been doing. It's like I'm here, in my body in this present moment right now and then present with my presence meaning that um you know my presence is my my spirit right is is my divinity and being in connection with with that in in that place in me so those are all things that i've learned to do through my energetics work 
And I will do that in between clients, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the, my physical therapy practice, I'll just take a moment to be, make sure, you know, okay, if my energy is scattered, I'll call it back into me. I, I do, I do, I do three energy tools. One is centering where I'm calling my energy back into me. The second one is I'm grounding. So really just like, okay, feet on the ground here. I'm present. I'm not spinning up in my head and then, and then the connecting piece. And so I will do that in between my clients and I can do it really quickly now because I've practiced for so many years. I'll do it before any call that I come on before any interview. If I were to go on a stage, I would do the same thing. Um, and those are ways that I'm in connection with me. I'm fully here. Therefore, I can be fully present with you. And so and then the, I think the last piece around what I do is really having an have an intention um, going into uh, whether whether it's an interview or it's with a client um, or speaking on a stage is um, how do I want this to go, right? Like, how do I want to feel and have that intention of connecting with um, whoever I may be speaking to, whether it's one-to-one -one or one-to-many, um, and also to enjoy myself and just to relax into being me, you know? I Like, I think why, if we're not enjoying ourselves, why are we doing it? <laughs> I really, I really believe that's important. So when you speak from a stage, Glenda, how do you measure in your mind whether a presentation has been successful or not? That's a very good question. I think for me, um, it all comes back to feeling how I'm feeling. And did I show up as me, you know, like my, the truest version of me? Um, did I enjoy myself? And did I feel an energetic exchange with the audience? And and that's just my own personal, personal thing. And you mentioned you appear on podcasts regularly. So it's something that I certainly think all speakers should be doing is speaking on podcasts in addition to being on the stage. Yeah. What in your mind makes for a good podcast guest? Well, what is a good podcast guest? I think certainly we have the responsibility to show up uh, being ready, number one. <laughs> uh, number two is, is like I said, being really present and we're like, we're on, you know? So getting myself in, getting ourselves into an energetic state where we're, we are present and here to connect, um, I think is really, really important. And also to um, really be in connection with the podcast host. I think that's really important as well. And not just, you know, I'm not here just to give a speech, right? I'm not here just to like sell something. I'm not here just to, um, I, I mean, I'm here to share any wisdom that I have. Absolutely. And, um, and like I said, here to have fun, but also then, you know, I, I want the podcast host to also come away from the interview and go, wow, okay, I really enjoyed that. So that, that to me, I guess would be all right, so I want asking. you to share some I want you to share some more of that wisdom and I have some other questions for you but before we sure. do let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 
25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show. And my guest this time is Glenda Lane. So, Glenda, in my mind, there are three primary types of speakers. You have your keynote presenter that we're all, fam- all familiar with. You have what I call the platform seller. So they're going to deliver content and then offer some type of product or service at the end. Or what I call the business builder speaker. They're just speaking to local groups to share some expertise. And then hopefully people will have a need for their type of service and come to them at that appropriate point in time. Because... They're the obvious expert because they've shared wisdom or whatever. So which of those arenas have you played in and which arena do you like the best? (laughs) Good question. Um, I've actually played in all three. Um, I think I typically probably play in the, I guess, business builder mode the most. Um, Selling from stage, I don't do as much. I, I would say, and then keynote speaker, um, again, would be even less. So I, and I don't know that I necessarily enjoy one more than the other. I'm more comfortable in one area. So I'd be more comfortable in the business builder area for sure. Um, probably because I've done way more of it. And, um, but honestly, the, if, if you're speaking to sell, right, sell from stage, I think that if you're passionate about what you're selling and it really is to me it's an invitation for people to join if it feels really resonant then i don't feel that that's um uh to me that's not being salesy or or for me to have any nervousness around it's just simply um okay you know come play with me and uh i think the keynote speaker probably holds the most nerves because it really is this um like you're holding the whole bag, right? You're the one that they've come to speak, heard, listen to. You're the one that's delivering um, the talk and there isn't really as much interaction the way that I love in, for instance, like a, you know, a conversation such as this. Okay, so as a business builder speaker, you know, I certainly think that anybody, whether they're a financial planner, an electrician, a plumber, a attorney, whatever it may be, they should be doing business building speaking to increase their client base or whatever. So as a as a an expert in the business building space, what would be your three biggest tips for being successful as a business building speaker? I think and and this probably translates over into all of it is um, is practice. Number one is really practice, practice speaking practice having conversations, practice listening to your own voice, right? So if you're someone who is afraid of speaking, um, to really, whether it's speaking to the mirror, whether it's speaking to um, a computer screen, whether it's speaking to people in in your family, um, and then practicing by just getting on lots of stages and lots of podcasts. So practice, practice. I mean, that's really how we get better at speaking and how we... um, uh, gain confidence in doing so. So I think, um, you know, number one would be to practice. Okay. I think secondly, secondly would be to um, really know what your message is. You know, like what is it that you actually want to share with your audience? 
you know, what is it, what, are, what wisdom do you have that you can share with people in a way that they really get it? And I think that that takes some time also and practice to really figure out what that is for you. Um, because it's not just, just having a message, but you want it to be received. And so how do you speak that in a way that people can receive it? And, you know, part of that, I think, is about, um, you know, I know that the, the state of receptivity is one of relaxation. So how do you put your audience at ease? How do you put your, you know, um, for me, I use humor a lot because, well, I'm a bit of a wackadoo as it is. So, I mean, it just comes naturally, but I love to laugh. And I know a lot of, a lot of other people love to laugh and laughing is actually a, a, an amazing way to shift energy in the room. So how do you, um, how do you have that not only convey your message, but then also have it be received by others. And, and it's almost like you're taking care of your, of your audience in a way. And what would the third thing be? Hmm. It's a good question. The two came really quickly. I'm like, I don't know what the third one is right now. Let me see. Is anything coming through? Yeah, again, it, it relates back to um, taking care of your energetic state. And I have this little saying, uh, you know, be before do. So how are you being before you do the talk? In other words, take care of you. Make sure that you're feeling good. Um, whatever that takes, maybe it's something that you wear. Are you wearing your favorite top? Are you wearing a favorite, you know, for the women, a pair of earrings? Are you are you well hydrated? Are you well rested? Um, are you feeling good in your body? Are you feeling relaxed, um, present, all of that? So I think those would be the the three tips I would give. Okay, so now we come to the barrier soul portion of the program, and that is, all right, tell me maybe a speaking mistake you made somewhere along your journey that was embarrassing at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned, and it would be something you would highly advise aspiring speakers not to do. Hmm. You're trying to get me to use my memory. That's a, that's a toughie. Let me see. Are you going to let huh. you off the hook here slightly and say maybe in a mistake you've seen some other speaker make that you would want to pass along? Yeah. I think um, talks that repel me <laughs> are ones where people come in and you know right from the get-go they're selling you something. There's like, there's you just know... Um, and they're also very, uh, I'd say, very egocentric, meaning it's very much talking about them, but not in a way that other people can relate to. It's kind of like, look at me, how awesome I am, and um, and not really putting any type of uh, focus into connecting with your audience. You know, like like reading the room doesn't even <laughs> doesn't even come to them at all. They're just there. They're like, I'm here. I'm here to sell. And uh, I'm awesome, so you should really, you know, come and come and sign up for my thing that I'm offering. That to me is like you don't care about me. 
Like you don't, you know, you just care about making the sale. And so that comes across very, very, um, like I feel that and it's a very ick feeling that I'm like, I don't even want to listen to what you have to say. So <laughs> I think that might be the thing that turns me off the most. So that raises an interesting question and that is, how do you make sure that any speech you're giving, Glenda, is addressing the true pain points of the audience as much as possible? I think you got to know your audience, who you're speaking to. You know, I think on podcasts, it's a little different. Um, not, not, I wouldn't say completely different. We know that people that are listening to this podcast, for instance, are either speakers or interested in speaking. So, you know, you need to know your audience. Um, because what you actually say and even how you say it will likely change based on who your audience is. Right. So I think that that um, that it's important that you know that ahead of time. And um, and certainly if you're on a podcast, like you need to know you need to know who you're talking to. Right. And 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 what their business is all about and and the focus of of what the podcast is all about, too. So I think I think that's really, really important. All right. So now, Glenda, I want to give you a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what it is that you do and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Sure. Well, I, I tend to work uh, mostly with women. I have worked with men in the past, but mostly women's, um, uh, again, who are very high achieving, who are on the go and they want, they're on this like hamster wheel of hustle and they want to get off, but they don't know how, or they're afraid to, uh, because the success that they've been having is they're afraid that that's all going to go away if they stop. So, uh, but they're exhausted and they're burnt out and they're like, you know, they're not fulfilled and they may even be resentful. And so that, um, that tends to be the, the clients that I tend to work with. Um, and I work with um, people one-on-one. -on -one. I have some group programs also um, that I offer throughout the year. And I think the, probably the best way to get a hold of me um, is uh i do have a freebie for everyone if that's is is that possible yeah okay what is that freebie and where do they get it yeah so the freebie is um seven steps to freedom from pressure and these are some of the tools that i've learned over the years that have really helped me i used to put so much pressure on myself i was really hard on myself i drove myself um you know to be top of the class straight a's um all of that and and to just continually excel and that pressure really took a toll on my health and well-being. So this is really something that I have learned over over the years um, to take some of these steps and even just taking one of them can you can start seeing changes in your life. So um, that is oh my gosh, you're asking me the website. Hopefully it'll be in the in the show notes. Well, it will definitely be in the show notes <laughs> below. I, I have you have uh, it freedom freedom from within or slash seven steps. Yes. But again, we'll yeah. make sure that's in the show notes down below. Yeah. And so that's a, yeah. Go and ahead. And so is freedom from within your primary website or what's the primary website? Yeah. My primary website is freedomfromwithin.net. And uh, I'm also on um, Instagram is Glenda Lane Freedom Guide. And on Facebook, it's, you know, just to make it difficult for people, it's Freedom Guide <laughs> Glenda Lane. So, you know. <laughs> Hey, gotta keep them hopping. So. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, very good. Well, my sincere thanks to you, Glenda, for joining me as my guest on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. To all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. As always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.